Hey guys, Frank Cox here. I'm super glad to be here tonight. Welcome to uh, happy hour. It's now five o'clock in uh, the central part of the United States central time zone. And uh, it's time to kick back and uh, get ready to start the weekend. That's what we're all here for. Uh, cheers, everybody. Um, tonight, I've got my buddy Paul from HDM Smokers on. And uh, I'm really excited to talk to Paul because He's coming at this from a little bit of a different perspective as uh, some of us old dinosaurs that's been doing this for a while. And uh, it's going to be super glad. I'm going to be super glad to uh, ask him your questions along with some of my own and uh, just kind of get a get a feel for what he's up to and uh, get to know them guys a little bit. Real quick, a little bit of housekeeping. If you're on the Facebook Smoker Builder Forums group and you feel like showing your name, the only way your name will pop up is if uh, you go to streamyard.com slash Facebook and you allow it to show your name. Otherwise, that's okay if you don't want to. Just tell me your name when you, if you want me to know who you are um, in the chat. Anyway, guys, I'm super excited. We're going to get right into it. Hey, there we are. You there, Paul? Got you, bud. How you doing? I'm right here, man. How you doing, Frank? Doing good. Doing good. We're getting the getting all the streams to shake hands here and stuff. Guys, welcome to the show. This is my buddy Paul Maya from HDM Smokers. He's down in that little hole down there by uh, Katy in Houston, Texas. What town is it actually? Breckenridge or something? Bro uh, it's called Brookshire, Texas. Brookshire. Yeah, yeah. Brookshire, Brookshire Texas. Texas. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about your company there. Just kind of so people know who HDM Smokers is. Uh, so HDM Smokers, um, of course, we're, we just launched this year in 2022. Um, myself and two other business partners uh, came together and we co-founded this company. Um, each one of us coming in with uh, different skill sets. You know, um, in my particular case, I'm an operations manager. So I'm kind of the guy that's running the shop and making sure that uh, what, what we're trying to sell is what people want to buy and, and, and do it with good quality, you know, and try to do it at a, at a pace that's consistent with keeping the business running. Um, my two other business partners, uh, so it's Slade Den. Um, he came in, uh, you know, with a lot of help financing, a lot of our equipment, um, as well as uh, his connections in the barbecue community uh, with a bunch of pitmasters. And then Glenn Henderson is also uh, my other business partner. And he has a lot of connections with networking and reaching out. Um, he has a very far outreach, if you will, with just a lot of different mm -hmm. people. So that's who we are. You know, yeah. we're coming in. We want to get into this game and, and start building some really good quality smoker pits. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been really cool to watch your journey unfold and stuff like that. Um you know, you had a career in welding uh, previously doing some other stuff. What did you do back in the day? So right out of high school, um, I went in to work for a company called Wyatt Resources over here in Fulcher, Texas, not very far from where I lived. Um, and I started building what are called man guards. And what those were is just these large corrugated piping that were about anywhere from eight to 10 feet in diameter. And mm -hmm. when they were digging in the ground to, the, to, to repair pipelines, they would drop these in, you know, uh, to protect uh, those guys from the dirt collapsing. Then from there, I did. Uh, I moved into welding, uh, putting together railroad bridges. So we did a lot. That's of cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We did some really big stuff, and it was some of the hottest days I spent between two pieces of steel. There was times where for about four or five hours, I didn't see daylight. Um, yeah. Between these, between these two railroad or these two I beams. Um, and then yeah. I spent uh, quite a few years in a machine shop, you know, um, from uh, running honing machines to uh, deep hole drilling, lays, uh, a little bit of mill work, not too much. Um, so I have a, a, a decent, you know, amount of experience working with some steel and just steel fabrication. Um, and that, that's kind of where that started, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, then you took a little bit of a hiatus, I believe, for a little bit and, and got into some, uh, you know, phone call stuff, uh, insurance and stuff, I believe, wasn't it? I did. I did. It, it just kind of happened by chance. You know, um, I was out talking to my insurance agent at the time 
And, um, you know, my wife was always in the habit of uh, asking if people were hiring just to know for other friends and stuff, right? Pretty young in, in age and just looking around. I was trying to establish a career. Um, and he, he was looking for someone that spoke Spanish and that needed, mm -hmm. that was, that was good at talking. Um, mm -hmm. that I, I was good at both. <laughs> so, you know, he offered me a yeah. job and I went from there and then I spent about 14 years in the insurance industry. So. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So now 2022, the most <laughs> expensive time to start a pit building business. So tell me, tell me a little bit about, you know, what it was like to, uh, make that transition. Uh, like what, what was the, what was the main thing that was like, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm doing it. You know, what was the aha that happened? Um, you know, there was a, um, a change of, of management, uh, at my previous job at the insurance industry. And I was actually looking to, to, to find something closer to home. So I took that opportunity and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and, and shift careers back mm -hmm. to what I knew or what I've done before. So um, I guess it's a little bit different in the sense that some people tend to change careers, uh, which is totally different from what they're used to doing. Um, mm -hmm. This was something that I was just going back to my roots, if you will. I mean, all the way back yeah. to when I was in high school taking welding shop and I was in ag mechanics and, and mm -hmm. FFA and all that stuff, you know. Um, so for me, this has kind of always been my drive. Um, so then, you know, fast forward a few months down the road, um, I was talking to Slade. He's my good buddy. Uh, and he actually had approached me almost a year ago uh, from today. Uh, asking if I wanted to get into this business of, of you know, building uh, smoker pits. At the time, I wasn't ready. I really wasn't. I was I was in a good mm -hmm. place. Um, but then that life change happened, you know, mid-year around August. Um, and even then, a few months, I had to dwell on it and had to think about it. I'm like, man, is this, is this the right move for me? Um, mm -hmm. However, I kind of, I'm going to tend to think in a way that it may not be the right move in my head, but it's something I'm very passionate about. Uh, it's something that I had some experience <laughs> with. So I was yeah. like, you know what? let's try it, man. Let's do it. If anything, if, 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 if anything, at least I did it. And I didn't go, I didn't go forward and say, well, I never tried it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what that, that drive came from was like, I want to do this. This is something that yeah. I've been wanting for a long time. Yeah, you know, uh, that's that's the thing is, is that uh, there's uh, we always called it an entrepreneurial seizure is what we yeah. called it. That moment where you're just like, I got to go. I, I just got to do something here and change my situation. And then, yeah. uh, you know, I I got to post, you know, I schedule some of my content because I'm pretty busy. And I got a post coming out here in a few minutes on my smoker builder, I think um, a little bit after this show, maybe um, talking about that video that. Uh, that Mike Rowe put out the other day that says, don't, or it's been a while, but it says, don't follow your passions. <laughs> and I laugh, yeah. laugh, laugh. I mean, I love Mike Rowe, man. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, getting back to your roots and stuff like that, and then taking the plunge and risking it all and, and starting a business that you, you know, you have no name, you have no, you know, you got nothing, you got no jobs, you know, you just push it, push it all in, the end, man. Yeah. And and I remember the day I did that in the refrigeration trade in 2002, August 26, 2002 was day one, man. And, and uh, man, my situation was laughable, you know, <laughs> old 1986 Ford F-150 pickup that took a quarter tank of gas to go 20 miles, you know, and, yeah. and a few hand tools and a bag of wire nuts, man. And I was ready to go, you know, Yeah. and uh, they're scary, man. It can be scary. You know, how, how do you feel now? that you've done it um, and, and now that you're in the shop and working. So when we first launched and, you know, we came in January 3rd, hot and heavy, right. Um, to kind of preface that date, we had already been in the shop prepping for about a month and a half. So I've been purchasing tools, um, researching the right equipment, you know, like what we wanted to use. Um, and, and, Starting in this business, you know, very scratch with with, of course, we had some some uh, uh, investment money, you know, to kind of uh, get some of the equipment. 
there's some things that we've had to trade off. There's things that we just couldn't afford. Um, mm-hmm. There's some things that we, we were absolutely, it was like we had to have it. I mean, I actually, I made a list that was need and want. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. because I had read about, you know, doing things. I'm like, look, we absolutely need a welder, right? We need a grinder. And then there's these certain tools that I'm like, okay, well, we want this tool, but it's not a need. We can get by it. Um, Mm -hmm. Now that we're about three months in, those want tools uh, have now become realities because we've seen that without that tool, we can't get ahead on a certain job. Um, Yeah. Some guys might have seen on my Instagram page and and you even helped me out when I asked you on it. I was like, I I got this tank that's out around because my or my doors or whatever. Right. And we had yeah. tool. And I told you, you know, we spent like uh, just under three hundred dollars to buy this tool, and we got it done in about fifteen minutes flat. But had I been sitting yeah. there blowing on it and thinking about it, and just you know sitting on my butt on a chair, how am I going to fix this? I probably would have wasted a whole day, you know. Yeah. Um, so th- those are some of the things that when we came into the business when we first started, we're like, well, we need some tools, but we can't afford everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you've heard me say it and, and, and I live by these words right now with starting this business is, you know, don't let perfection hold you back. Right. Uh, perfection is, is the enemy of progress. And so I said, you know what, let's just get started, brother. Um, mm-hmm. Buy some tools and let's just get to cutting. I know we need a torch. and I know we need a welder. Let's get it. Let's get on it. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I've seen a lot of guys over the years start businesses in their driveways and their garages, you know, out back under an easy up, you know, working with minimal tools. I've even got podcasts talking about it, you know, and, and when some people, so, you know, like we have the smoker plans and stuff that we make for guys, you know, to get started with, because last thing they need to do is risk everything and then not know how to build a pit, you know, and then they get out there and knuckle their way through it and make a mistake on a customer's job, you know, and then they're in trouble, you know, so having that set of plans to work with really has helped out a lot of people, but I always, there's always a guy that, especially in like Europe and Asia and uh, like some of those other countries like that, um, especially China and that, these guys want like a 3D model. They want full-blown CAD. They're expecting to be able to take this thing and roll it out in a big shop, like an ISO 9001 certified shop and punch it in a laser and punch it in press break and knock this cooker out, you know? And, yeah. and those guys call me up mad because that set of plans is like all flat squares and circles, you know, and it's, it's not something <laughs> right. they can form, you know, and save all that welding. And yeah. I always tell them, I'm like, guys, listen, these plans are not for a shop like you. That's, that's a whole nother level of cab. This is a $79 set of plans in some cases right. cheaper than that. And, and uh, like the design is put together for the guy mm-hmm. that I imagine. And this is how I describe him. The guy in his driveway wearing flip-flops, shorts, and Crocs that's got a grinder with a cutting disc on it, not even a Metabo, but like a DeWalt grinder with no guard, a slicer disc, a cutting torch, and maybe a ball-peen hammer, possibly, you know, and like a FlexCore 140 welder. Like, that's what these plans are drawn for. They're they're to help those guys that are getting started, you know. And, and, you know, gosh dang it, it's just such a cool thing to watch that guy get started and start to develop a business and feed his family and, and, and have some dreams and some visions. And so I would rather work with that guy than anybody in the world, you know, it's just, it it really is fun, man. And so, you know, watching a guy like watching you guys get together, right. And, and raise capital and, and get together and and fund the equipment and take that risk out, out the gate, man, is just, it's it's really impressive, you know? And I know some of the, some of the guys watching, you know, they've done the same thing, you know, and it's really cool to see that. Like we need more pit builders in our industry. There's just simply, there's just too much demand and not enough pit builders. <laughs> That's just yeah. all there is to it. You know, right. how do you feel right now as far as the outlook, um, you know, going through you're on, you've built a few pits, you know um, you're now you're taking on a big animal. You got this big thousand gallon, you're wrestling right now in the shop, you and one other guy, like, yeah. how do you feel going forward? Are you excited about it? I am, man. I, I really am. You know, it. Uh, I built. I built. Uh, aside from the small, like the patio cookers or like backyard smokers, what we call them. You know, um, I built some before that, but the same size. I've never built a thousand gallon. Um, mm-hmm. But but my mindset is like, look, if I can do this, I can do this one. I just scale it up. 
You know, it's yep. got a couple of extra doors. It's it's a little bit heavier than what I'm used to. Um, but mm-hmm. the nice thing is, is that if, if you get the equipment that you need to move those things, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, but I was actually, um, I'm the type of person, I have a personality that I like to, to when I see a challenge, man, I just, I, I dive in head first, you know. And um, and I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to complete it. I'm going to finish it. And it's going to look really good. At least in my eyes, it's going to look really good, right? Dude, I mean, it, it looks great. That cooker looks good, man. I mean, look at the doors. Look at how them yeah. doors tuned in. And, and yeah. you know, that's not an easy one. Those That's what, three-eighths on that cooker? That was three-eighths. Yeah. So, man, you're, yeah, that's really killer, you know, to get to get that kind of tune on on some doors like that and uh, it just looks great man thank you you're you're learning a lot with the plasma table you know you're incorporating your own spin on the parts you know that's you're checking all the boxes i think that's great um yeah so as far yeah go ahead no go ahead go ahead i'm gonna take a sip Mm -hmm. okay i I was gonna say uh as far as like um as far as like uh you know, just locals and stuff like that. Do you have a lot of people running in your shop and looking around and, and kicking tires and, you know, we do. thinking um, about so buying nice, pits or anything? The nice thing that, that I, that I like about where we're located and we're actually renting space in a 5,000 square foot building that we share um, up front. Actually, it's almost, it kind of reminds me of one of those commercials you remember seeing where it was like, it was like a insurance agent and dentist in the same building. You know what I mean? It was like two totally different things in the same building. Mm-hmm. And uh, up front is like a boutique shop, you know, where they just sell like boutique stuff. But um, we met them a year ago. And and, and so we, we, you know, my wife, Ruthie, she actually remembered. She asked, why don't you ask them and see if they got space in the back? And they did. So the nice thing about that road where we're at, um, it's Highway 90. The original Highway 90 from way back in the days, you know, before I-10 used to cut through everything. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, so we get a lot of traffic that comes through there. So what we do is we have our smoker pit that we built on the off-road tires, you know, the golf cart tires. So we pull it out to the street every day and, and we chain it up to the stop sign yeah. or whatever we can. You know, we chain it up and we sit it there. And then we'll get people that'll come in and, you know, they'll come knocking at the back. Hello, anybody here? And, you know, of course, we're banging away and grinding or whatever. And we got earplugs mm-hmm. so we can't hear anything when they show up. And uh, we start talking. And so people are starting to see that mm-hmm. we're there, you know, and they notice. The other thing that helps us a little bit, too, is prior to them moving into that building, there used to be a company called Hartman Weldon. And they're still in town, but they do more structural stuff. You know, they're not doing what we're doing. And so you'll get oh, wow. people coming in and they're like, hey, we're looking for a Hartman Weldon. I said, well, that ain't us. I said, but we're HDM smokers and we can build you a pit, <laughs> you know. And uh, so we do Yeah, that's traffic. awesome. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Is them hey yeah. dudes you're wearing there? Yeah, man, they are some hey dudes. You got the hey dudes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always hey laugh dudes. when I see people wear hey dudes. well guys listen we're taking your questions in the chat down there don't be afraid to pop a question in there we're going to get uh get into some technical stuff whenever you're ready um and uh yeah you know uh trey was like hey i'm trey Lindsay on facebook he's saying i really like these videos i i'm really enjoying doing these interviews i i think it's really great content um and uh gets it's 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 just another way that we can get pit builders talking to each other you know it's it's what I really like about our industry is it's not just something that that's like all the guys that are in it for money. We're not just competitors, you know, like you go to, you go to a contest or something, you see your brother pit builders and we're just all hanging out, you know, having some drinks. Like we went to the Royal, what we do at the Royal is we go around to everybody that's a building that's build that builds pits. You know, we just hang out with those guys, you know, it's, it's like our own little subculture. And I, I really like that, you know, have, have you, uh, are you close by any other pit builders in your area? Um, the only ones that I know are that are out here. Um, there's Gator pits of Houston, right. And they're right down the road on I-10 to us, but I Rich. haven't had a chance to meet him. Yeah. Rich, um, haven't had a chance to meet him or see him in person. Um, and then, uh, I'm trying to think of the ones up here up North and North Houston. Um, but there aren't, there aren't really a lot of pit builders out in this area. Um, there's, there's a, 
Lindsey Weldon Services, um, he builds pits, but he's out of Montgomery, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I follow his page and he follows me, you know, and, and things like that. But there really isn't a lot like in this west side of Houston that I'm, that I'm aware of that I know of, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it gets kind of where, a little bit Where's Pitmaker? Hmm? Where, where's Pitmaker in relation to your store, your shop? Do you know uh, who they are? No, I don't think I've heard of Pitmaker. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you got to go buy a Pitmaker shop. He's in Houston okay. there. All and right, then go in there and, and just walk up to Victor and uh, give him a big old hug and said, Frank said you. Frank sent me. Just All right. Give him a big old hug. <laughs> no, he, Victor's a cool dude. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, we had some good times. Um, yeah. So I do know that Victor's down there and Rich and. Uh, I'm sure there's some other guys I can't think of right off the top of my head. Um, that's really cool, man. We got our first technical question here for you. Yeah. Let's get him up here. Trey wants to know if you used the port of power to fix that sprung door. I did. Well, I used the rendition of the port of power. It was whatever. Um, no one had a port of power, but Northern Tool had their their brand of it. Um, yeah. And uh, we did uh, – we did use a, um, it was a 10 ton that we put mm-hmm. in there. And what we ended up doing was started pushing that, that where the door was at uh, and just kind of working it out and then you know, letting it relax, you know, and, and then eventually it came into, it came into place. It worked really good. Actually, um, I was quite surprised at how well it worked and how fast it worked. Um, yeah. I say that with a grain of right, like however that saying is, you know, that it may not work that well on other ones <laughs> because yeah. it, you know there's always like oh wow this is pretty easy and then if i keep that mentality and i go into it i'm like eh, i don't know man maybe it won't work <laughs> you know or my first be- one my first cooker was eighth inch thick and it warped all the dickens you know as a water tank off a concrete truck and mm-hmm. uh my first trailer pit anyway and i used a ratchet strap a two inch ratchet strap a cutting torch, a series of four by fours and a sledgehammer. I was using the torch to heat the door. I'd beat the crap out of that uh, door and beat on it and beat on it on the four by fours. This is before, like I never knew, I didn't know freaking nothing. And I sat in and wrestled that thing. And then finally I wound up putting trim on the outside of the door and uh, warped it worse actually. And uh, then we, some guy on some forum somewhere started talking about the Jack and chain method. And uh, so I tried it. You know, you put a bottle jack in the door, put chain around the door, put it over the bottle jack and do that with the bottle jack, you know, and it, it pops and the chain comes off and hits you in the mouth. No, wasn't a good time. Anyway, yeah. port of power changed everything. But the realization that it's the tank, not the door, that's the problem, changed everything for me. Yeah. You well, know? you know, and that was, so is uh, that what you had? Yeah, so when I started pushing that tank, we pushed that tank Mm -hmm. to the shape of that door. And I had some concerns with it because, you know, that little extra section that goes from one door to the next, I'm like, man, what's it going to do to my other door, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So we were, it was a very fine line of like, let's push it out here. Let's see what that does when it goes down and let's check the other door too. And so we were just back and forth, back and forth until we just got it within a, a reasonable tolerance, you know what I mean? Again, it is a 60-year-old yeah. tank, um, but yeah. they look great. I mean, they really did. It really settled in really well, you know, so. So to say that you, after. Mm-hmm. What's that? Go ahead. I was like, who's to say I that I think there's after, a small delay, yeah. Yeah, who's to say after so many hours of cooking that it won't warp again, but I mean, at least now we could probably All offer right. that service to say, hey, we can straighten your doors out. Hey, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. so when you put the port of power in and you pushed, let's say, get my hands right out like that on the tank. Yeah. Did you take and whack it with a sledgehammer before you let the pressure off? I did. I did. Awesome. Yeah. Matter hey, real quick. I, one second. Hey, I, Lisa, it's yours is faster than mine. It's rubbing my band. She's, she's watching over here with the sound on. Oh, okay. Just, um, just close it. Just close out. Yeah, she she manages the chat usually, but it's slowing my bandwidth down. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I always hit right where that port of power is, right where the punch is, and uh, yeah. I didn't hear. Did you do that? I did. 
I did. Um, you did? So, matter of fact, I forgot to do it one time, and Slave reminded me. He's like, "Hey, you forgot to hit the, you forgot to hit the tank with the with the sled." I was like, "I mm-hmm. right." So I told Brandon, "I said, push that thing back out, man." I said, "Let me give it a good whack." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to push it a lot too, man. I mean, I've seen them porta powers kind of do this a little bit. Like, I mean, yeah. we're putting some pressure on that thing. Ours, yeah. ours did that just slightly. It was real heavy duty, ten ton one. So, I mean, it was heavy. I mean, the case that it came in. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it felt like a, it felt like you were just dragging a, you know, eighty pound bag of cement on the ground. I mean, it even though <laughs> on that case, it didn't spin very well. Um, yeah, yeah, we pulled that thing out, man. It was I, I could see that it was bending a little bit. I wasn't too concerned yet. I was more concerned about the hose popping off than I yeah. was a bar, you know, uh, bending out. But um, no, it worked great though. You know, I mean, it pushed out. I mean, I pushed out because the door was. After when we cut it out, it was warped the whole three eighths. I mean, like I said, I could see, I could just see black inside the tank, you know, mm-hmm. with that crack, the way that door or the way that the tank relaxed off the door, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so when we were pushing it out, I mean, we just gave it everything, and Brandon was just pushing it. I was holding it in place and just whacking it. I mean, yeah, we we um, we put we definitely put some uh, some binding pressure on that thing, um, mm-hmm. but it worked. It paid off. It oh yeah, you know. Hey, he can't watch videos right now. He's just going to play cool math games. Okay, cool. Sorry, guys. Had to do some family business there. <laughs> uh, we had to had to prevent Minecraft. Here's another question here. Yes, sir. We got 524 Rhodes XFN. Rhodes what? I don't. I need to know what that means. Uh, where do you find tanks at a price that you're not going to lose your ass? Well, um, I found... I guess a question for me or for you, Frank. I mean, yeah, yeah, go for it, dude. I'll give my my spin next. We we just have a local LP. I mean, it's literally called local LP. That's it. That's not that. That's yeah. Um, I called them up and man, they had tanks for cheap. I I bought a a, that one thousand gallon. Um, I I say only because I thought it was pretty reasonable. Only ran me four hundred dollars. For a thousand gallon, that is a good price for a thousand gallon. Yeah, that's like half. Yeah, yeah. I actually had someone asking me. There's a guy, uh, Gary Nature, out of yeah, yeah, Nebraska. He had asked me, you know, you know, he goes, you know, this guy's quoting me 100 bucks. Is that something reasonable? I said, actually, from what I've heard in different parts, you know, of the country and just even here in Texas, that that's within reason. I said, I just probably happen to get this one really cheap, and then even the smaller tanks are even cheaper. So right now, local LP is our source out here. You know. Um, I just don't know if they have when when we start getting busier, I don't know that they'll have the volume that we need, you know. So that's something that I'm gonna have yeah. to figure out too as time goes by. So yeah. Yeah, uh the best the best relationship in my opinion it to, to form is not with the propane delivery guy and not with the guy that owns the company, it's with the guy that drives the truck that goes and sets the tanks. Because when that guy goes and swaps a tank out to a, someone that has a personal tank that they own, they usually don't take it back and try to use it. They usually just take it home. The guy yeah. does. And so up here, like Feral Gas, All Star, or Amerigas, these big chains, they will not sell you a tank. But their drivers know where the good deals are on the on the personally owned tanks. And if they can't haul it out of there, they'll tell you they'll tell you where to go. So bring those guys donuts. That's what I always say. Or yeah. beer. Something depends on the driver, I guess. But, uh, you know, that's what I have to do here is literally I got to drive an hour and a half uh, to go down to the guy's name is Tiny, and he is not Tiny. I go to <laughs> Tiny's house, and he sells me the tank, and I can't go down there with less than a 1000 bucks because like, he's going to be like, you can buy one for a 1000 or you can buy three for a 1000 and then right. I'll be like, okay, I'll take three. <laughs> so yeah. this is how I have to play it up here. But you could go to places like BLT Tanks in Kingfisher, Oklahoma. That's uh, those guys right now. They have their their prices published on their website, and uh, BLT Tanks will haul you a semi load. The problem is, is that it's going to cost you about seventeen hundred bucks for the truck to show up. You know, and uh, you can mix the t- the truck, I think, but. If you go there and pick them up, you can get a pretty good okay deal. You're going to get a decommissioned tank that's already open and everything, and it's been sitting out in the yard for a while, baking in the sun. 
So that's a pretty good deal, I think. And um, basically what will happen is, is the thousand gallons going to be 800 to a thousand bucks is what's going to be. Plus you got to drive and go get it, you know? So I've never personally went there, but I got a lot of buddies that go there. So that's, that's a really good question. Um, and then Titus popped in. If you guys missed last week, uh, go to the YouTube channel is the best place to go. You can see my interview with Titus last week, Bobby Titus, Titus Smokers. And uh, that was a great time. I really had a good time. He's out of California. And he says, this industry is way better than the off-road industry, which is where he started. Um, yeah, totally. We're glad to have you, bro. Um, anyway, he's saying the same thing. Big wig. Randall Barbie. So, so how do you like the table? 4510 Lincoln Torchmate table. I like it. Um, so with that said, um, <laughs> there's always a condition. Is, yeah. This is my first CNC table. So I'm very spoiled at the technology that it's giving me right now and the, and the production that it does. There's things that I'm still learning. I've still got a little learning curve. So that's, that. that's like my big if part right now. Like that's, I love the table. Um, I wish I just knew how to run it like that, <laughs> but I don't. And it takes yeah. time to learn all those things. So that's where I'm at right now. So um, it comes with some frustrations. But the thing with, with Torchmate, when I bought it, they actually uh, throw in uh, their Torchmate Academy. So Oh, that's cool. The basics on how to run it, um, how to keep it maintained, troubleshoot it. And then uh, I've had to make three calls already for technical support and they've been super helpful with me. Um, mm -hmm. I hear mixed reviews on that, that some people said they can't get any help. Some people get amazing help. I've been on the side that I've gotten, you know, um, stellar uh, customer support service. Um, mm -hmm. So learning how to use it, uh, I would say that you have about a good month and a half of getting to a point where you're proficient if, if you're um, attuned to learning how to use your computer, like the AutoCAD that they provide you with, um, and then getting that over to your machine. And then I would say, aside from the cost of the machine, a good, like, couple thousand dollars of sheet of steel to, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. to really get a grasp of what it can do. So you can see what mm -hmm. it does. Like right now, we've cut one eight steel, three sixteens, and quarter inch. Um, mm -hmm. Quarter inch is probably the thickest it will do. But I really do like it. I mean, I've gotten really good at the AutoCAD, um, or I say really good. It, I've gotten really good at the parts that we have to design. Um, yeah, put you that way. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not doing so, super complicated. So, so that brings up some questions. Let's dwell a little bit on this table. Um, so for the for the for the guys that are wondering, what's the price point on a five by ten? So on the forty five ten, they have a base price, and I'm trying to remember numbers exactly, but we got it with upgraded software. Um, we went ahead and bought all the plate guard, you know, that Lincoln Electric sells that you mix in with your water. We bought the extra consumables packet or like the starter consumables kit. Um, there's um, what they have the software is called Pro Text Form that allows you to shape your letters to whatever mm -hmm. sign you want to do. But um, all in all, it was about forty three thousand dollars for that whole oh, thing. Oh wow! Everything that's with delivery too, included yeah. delivery. The nice thing about it, this table, is it comes assembled. Um, mm -hmm. There are other CNC tables that just come in a big old box with a set of IKEA instructions. <laughs> And I had one. That was my first one. You're left to your devices, right? Um, so yeah. with this one, um, I like the, the the idea of it being assembled already. We just had to offload it, and that's a whole other story on <laughs> getting that thing inside our shop. But um, yeah. so you have to offload it. You set it in place. You get your electrical running. You put you get your electrical, um, which it can run uh, on two forty or or um, uh, three phase, all uh, three phase, two yeah, eight. Put your ground, uh, and then you put your water in it, and you just turn that thing on. Or you got to plug it into mm -hmm. a one ten for the computer, which is called the VMD, which is the Visual Machine Designer, um, and that just needs a one ten because it's a computer basically. 
Yeah. So, so is there, is there software proprietary or are they using something like windows, Linux, something like it's, that? It's, like, is it it's windows. They use windows. It is windows. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if it's a mock based software or if they wrote their own. So my roots go really far back with plasma and all that software and stuff like that. And, um, Mach 3 is actually where I got started, which is just basically like a pro, uh, programming language for motion controllers and stuff like that. So, oh. um, but I'm curious if it's mock based or not, like Fast Cut or something. No, so they use a program like, um, so the, the software is proprietary on the actual machine, which is the BMD, the Visual Machine Designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just all theirs. But the, the, the CAD that you use is called CAD CAM by Torchmate. And yeah. um, the CAD CAM, from what I understand, is it's, it's kind of like a free web-based sort of software. However, you have to have a license to use it. Yeah. Uh, so when I when we did this, I of course the machine it comes with uh, one license. I bought a second license in case I lost the first one because you literally have to have a USB plugged into your computer or laptop to even run the software. It will not let you go past drawing two geometric shapes it'll lock you out and tell you you don't have the proper license Um, oh wow so they have that for for like professional use then they have a student license which uh it's the same uh program but it's um there's some features that are locked that are not needed for for you know for like this like there's some some programs in high schools that um that have uh torch mates and they use that. So that's kind of what it is, is you have that license to do. I mean, it, I think it's a really great, powerful tool because so far, everything that I've done on it, uh, with the exception of my own errors, it's it translates perfectly into the machine. So. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I started my journey with Plasma um, on a home-built table that a buddy of mine owned that he ran and cut all my parts on. Uh, he built the table himself. It was using Mach 3. Then he sold it to a, another buddy of mine, and that thing was like band-aided and bubble gum together, and it worked a little while. He cut some stuff. Then we wound up with a plasma cam uh, Samson table that a different guy had that I used to work for. We cut a bunch of parts on that, and then I threw down and bought my first personal table that I owned, which was a five by twelve from a company called Burn Tables, and that was the absolute second stupidest thing I ever bought in my life. <laughs> the, the thing still runs. Tom uses it for cutting uh, expanded. Um, that's about, I mean, it's just, it just doesn't have any controls. It's really like the, the saw, I do not recommend burn tables. I'll just tell you that never buy a table from a company called burn tables. Um, the, I'll go public on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, one of the things that I really liked on that, on that 4510 with Torchmate is it, they do, um, you do cut on a water pan, basically. Yeah. Uh, table. So uh, a lot of your your uh, your sparks and your slag and, and the fumes that get trapped in the water. And that actually, yeah. because that was important to me because in the shop that we were at, prior to us going into the shop, I had talked to the to, to Lance Hartman from Hartman Weldon. He had a table in there and he said that the table they had, it just created so much smoke in there and the ventilation inside that building was not that great that they just didn't like using it, you know, and, and that's kind of, to me, one of those things like don't buy a machine that you're going to regret using later on because then you just got all that money sitting there doing nothing. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. So even though I paid a little bit more money for this machine, um, I think with the learning curve, it was much faster on how to use it and to get designs cut. Um, but also just in general for, for our own well being of not having all these fumes and smoke all over the place, you know? Yeah. So, so the table we wound up getting that I freaking would recommend over top of everything out there on the whole market is a table from a company called Star Labs. And uh, Star Lab is a command CNC based table, which is Linux. Um, that, that, that table, I mean, you might as well be cutting with high def or a laser. I mean, it's, it's just so tight on that, that machine is. And uh, I mean, you could just look at some of the parts that Tom's cutting on that thing and Daryl, Daryl Stites, I don't know if he's watching tonight. Um, he's the one that actually convinced us to get that table. Um, that's uh, Big D's Custom Smokers and uh, or Big D's Metal Works. But anyway, that's a freaking good table. So I'm gonna have to check out the the uh, 4510 a little bit. I I don't 
I haven't really kept up with Lincoln too much. Now, I will tell you this. I do know they're all built in Nevada, start to finish. I wound up on that. So yeah. it is a U.S. built machine. Yeah. Uh, David Crumrine just wants to remind you that you got a good deal on that on that tank, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't lying, you ain't lying. When that guy, when I called and I made that phone call and I was like, I'm looking for a 1,000 gallon. He goes, yeah, I think we got one sitting back here. And I was like, cool, man, I'm interested. How much you want for it? I was actually expecting to hear something like $1,000. And when he said, he goes, let me talk to my boss real quick. Real old timer guy, man. Comes back, he goes, hey, we'll take, he goes, we'll take $400. You know, and I'm like, I should have been like, I don't know, brother. I think I'm going to have to do it for three. You know, <laughs> that's, Yeah. <laughs> it, it seems like in 2021, 2022, we're paying about a buck a gallon. Yeah. This is what we're paying for a tank these yeah, days. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and I think what it is is that they were probably um they have a very small yard. So me taking that one thousand gallon out of their yard probably helped them free up some space for sure. Space, yeah, for sure. So Jim, he's a he's a loyal listener here. He wants to know warming oven on top of the firebox question is do you put a vent on top? with small holes on the bottom so it will breathe a little or not. And I don't know, have you built one with a warmer over the firebox yet, Paul? I haven't. You haven't? I'll go ahead and take this one here. So um, what I do actually, Jim, is I put a uh, four-inch pipe, basically, that goes up from the top of the firebox up through into the warmer, depending on if it's insulated or not. And then uh, I put a uh, teardrop damper on top of that or some kind of a damper, a slide damper works too. And I uh, use that damper to control how much heat and smoke goes into the warmer. Now, if you insulate the top of the firebox and you close the damper, it will literally operate as a warmer and that's going to keep it around 150 or below 200. Um, without the insulation, you're going to run about 225 to 250 in there all the time. Even if you have the damper closed, uh, water pan does help. And I like to put a smokestack on the warmer if I have a damper going in from the firebox. So that's kind of what I do. Um, but, you know, there's all kinds of ways of doing it. There's no wrong answer. Now, this guy right here, this guy's a clown now. I'm going to give him a shout out. This is my bro, Ron. He's learning how to use StreamYard. If you guys are in the ham radio industry or you guys looking at ham radio stuff, he's the, he's on top of the pile. He's the king. You got to go check out BridgeCom Systems. And that was not a paid plug. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's cool, man. So uh, what's uh, so you're doing the thousand gallon? Um, you got a couple patios running around. I really like your patio model that you guys build. Um, it's 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 a really nice design. It's it's a good price point. I think we were talking last night a little bit about that. I think yeah, um, price point on that. What does that run? So we start off with the the standard ones that come on the caster wheels. We do include, you know, like a firewood rack at the bottom um, and a slide out cooking rack. Those run $32.95 and it's all schedule mm-hmm. 10 pipe on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we I like I like to have spinning handles. It's always something that I've been, if, ever since I built pits even in high school, I put this spinning handle on it. So when you roll that lid, it just mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about this thing getting your hand. Roll Maybe it in like, your hands. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do that. So yeah, we build them. That is like a, the, that traditional offset. So it's an uninsulated firebox. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, right now we have the ones that are basically what we call the elite. Um, we call it the Rouse 80 right now because it just started off as an 80 gallon, but we're going to build those in 100 gallon uh, configurations as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that one with the golf cart tires and insulated firebox and two cook racks and tell truth thermometers that we actually got our logo in them which I, i'm really proud of that those are really cool when we got those in yeah um those run about 56.95 you know and again it's all scheduled 10 pipe and real yeah stuff, so. and you got the big wagon handle and the in the we the the golf cart wheel yeah. system it, it it articulates and stuff like it it turns by the handle it, it i saw you pulling it across the yard it's a big heavy pit so yeah. so those are schedule 10 the 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 bigger model it is schedule 10 pipe with a mm-hmm. quarter inch wall on that insulated firebox on that one yeah and yeah. so, so you're insulated heat. let's let's talk about your fireboxes and how you insulate how do you build out your fireboxes inside out um so inside out um with that particular one i start off on, on that model you know, done up it's a 20 inch diameter pipe 
Um, mm -hmm. And then we actually take the rock sewel and then we just take like some uh, that baling wire, you know, and just wrap it around uh, the tank. Mm -hmm. And then from there we center it up and then, you know, we build a box around it, a quarter inch wall. Um, <clears throat> now that I have the CNC table, because those first ones that we built, they were all by hand. I mean, we scribed everything by hand. We put a center punch and we did all our radius circles and our cuts and put guides and used everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we built it just, just like original old school style, man. Nothing fancy. Um, I did have some, uh, some little uh, flange wizard, you know, uh, guides on the torches to help us get the better, mm -hmm. the better radius, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And so we build that one, but I, I like to build mine where they're where they're flat, like the the bottom of the firebox and curves. It's flat with the edge, so when you clean it out, there's no lip that's going to catch or anything. So we we put a little chamfer on it, and then we weld in deep, and then grind that smooth, so everything just comes yeah. back nice and neat. Um, and that's cool. Always, uh, kicking a weld and, and, you know, wearing that weld off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we just, uh, we don't have like the damper on our door, but we just have the basic where you just open it up. We just kind of go back old school where you just crack it. I've noticed that cooking on that insulated firebox, I mean, it really just needs almost like a half an inch uh, open and it just burns so well. I mean, you get a good, nice blue, that blue thin smoke, um, real small fire pile and it holds the heat really nice. Um, yeah, we cook some sausage. So like uh, they'll have market days at that place, mm -hmm. at that boutique up front. So we just kind of kick it with them and piggyback off of their event. But we just mm -hmm. cook sausages for free and market, you know, to the public and say, hey, man, look what our smokers can do. You know, that's awesome. That's but a that's great way to get people. Yeah. To experience your product. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we build it, you know. Um, and then, of course, we attach all that to to the main to the main cook chain. Yeah. Um, that's cool. And that's so, so what's out. next after the thousand? After the thousand, um, I actually we were going to go ahead and build out a uh, five hundred on a trailer. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, man, we're, we're we're really looking forward to it. I'm actually really excited to just uh, open up everything to uh, of all the different models that we can do. Just just show people what we can do. You know. Um, yeah. And just know that they can trust that that whatever product we're putting out, that we're putting out the best that we can for them, and and that we're going to be there for them with any questions that they have. So yeah, yeah. there's actually a really fun project that that I want, and I actually got a killer price on this double five hundred tank uh, on a truck bed that they that's from the '60s from the same wow. company LP from LP local LP. Um, and they've, they've already offered it to me and they just said, look, you just got to come pick it up yourself. But that encompasses me getting, um, one of the big tow record services and they're going to have to hoist it out. Of oh the yeah. Of the it's huge, but I got some really cool plans for it. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's the fun part of this, you know, it's just like doing something unique that, that, you know, that like these two, these actually, I got three of them. It started with one tank and I was all dummying around trying to figure out what I was going to do with it. And then I was like, I've always wanted to build that old school Texas offset with the warmer on the smokestack end, you know, firebox oh, yeah. on the right and, and warm vertical on the left, you know, mm -hmm. I always wanted to build one of those and I never built one. And, and uh, well, one tank turned into two and then two tanks turned into three. And now I got enough tanks. I can cut three. I can build two of them cookers, you know, nice. and, uh, you know, it, that's the funnest part about this whole deal. But the problem with that fun part is, is it doesn't make as much money as just building the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. So, so how do you guys think you're going to position yourself uh, in the market? Do you think that you're going to do, have you guys really thought about it much? Or are you guys going to try to build and then sell or, or sell and then build? Have you guys thought about um, that? And, uh, what I would like, um, and, 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 the, and all three of us are aligned in the same on the same path is I would like to have where we're always consistent with having, you know, like the backyard patio smokers, you know, there's always going to be availability. Um, of course, there's always the reality of how things go <laughs> when you start yeah, putting of that course. together. Um, but the goal is to get to that point where someone shows up and they're saying, Hey man, I just want to buy this model. Or like we'll always just have this model available. It's not going to be any kind of customization or anything like that. It's just here it is. Here's a here's a great smoker. 
um, and it's ready for you to take home today. Yeah. I always want to have that. I'd like to have a, a separate team that works on some mild customizations where they can pick like a package of customizations because at that point we can still do that in a very efficient way because we'll just already know, okay, here's the base and we're adding these things and they already know, okay, we've got to cut everything like this. Or what I really want to do is we just have everything already cut for that and they just pick it, you know, from, from mm -hmm. our inventory. Um, so, so not a blank check sort of customized pits, but more of a, uh, more of a, um, you know, customize your package, almost like ordering a new Jeep. You know, you go exactly. Yeah. So the you already know that your Jeep the, is going to come with two or four doors, whatever you do, you know, or it's going to come with an engine wheels and a shell. And then from there you yeah. pick your color and there's some, and there's certain things like just the different, you know, of course it's limitless, but like at the car dealership, they'll say, okay, well they have the, you know, like at Ford, there's the XLT, there's the Lariat, there's the King Ranch, the Platinum, and then yeah. there you go. And then that's it. But in this case, it, because they're smoker built, you know, they're just smoker pits. Um, there's not a ton of features we can just add here and there, you know, little things. Yeah. But it, uh, I mean, we do, uh, we would like to offer, you know, full customization as well, as long as that guy comes through and, you know, like all the other builders, if they're willing to pay, we'll, one we'll million dollars, bro. Yeah. So, um, but we would like it to be at a point where we're always offering our smoker pits, you know, they're always available. Um, I'd yeah. like to overcome that hurdle of having to tell people, no, man, we got, you know, and, and it, I don't know, I, I, like I say, there's, there's that goal and that vision and then there's a reality and I'm trying to bridge that gap um, to where it's within reason, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. That's, I like that, that, uh, that core product approach, you know, where you've got this one thing that's just always on the shelf. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, sure, we can build you something else, but here's the way that works, you know, and, and yeah. we can get you this today or even next week or two weeks, you know, minimal lead times. I think that's a really good approach in this industry. I know, I know that a lot of guys are starting to, uh, a lot of guys are starting to just basically get to the point where they're just going to build and then sell. And yeah. uh, while, you know, the the pro the the real issue and I think that's a good approach too because um, you know you can build whatever you want but honestly there is such a demand right now for for these big cookers you could just pick a size two hundred and fifty gallons and just build those you know as long as you could get those prop that that inventory you could just mm -hmm. focus on that one size and then build three different options around it and um, you know because we all get that phone call have, let me know if you've had this phone call yet. The, the guy that calls up and says, do you just have anything there I can buy right now? I just need to buy something today. You know, that's, yeah. we get that phone call all the time. Yeah. <laughs> do you get it? I mean, not yet, man. Cause if I did, <laughs> I sure I just, would be, uh, I should be telling him, I said, I ha I'll have it ready for you in about three days and we'd be working 24 hours a day. <laughs> just to get that thing busted out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. See that, that, uh, when, when, uh, I mean, when we get that call, it's just like, I'm, man, I'm sorry. I wish I did. Yeah. I'd freaking love to sell you something right now. You know, yeah. everybody else wants something right now too. You know, it's just, it's just the way that the demand has just gone through the roof. What do you think caused that demand? Is it, is it like, I mean, you know, Aaron Franklin. Yeah. But I mean, look at the industry. I mean, what's the deal? Is it just an irrational passion and just people just can't get enough or, or what I is it? So. I believe so. I mean, you know, you see me with this Harley Davidson shirt on and, and I'm a big, I'm a big Harley Davidson motorcycle. Ride. I, don't, I don't care what you ride, but I'm a big motorcycle guy. I love Harley Davidson stuff. And even at the toughest times, man, it's just one of those guilty pleasures. Just like, I just, I just want this, you know, like I mm -hmm. want to buy it. And, and, and yeah. if, if you can afford it, you know, and it's within, within your means. I just think that's what it is. I just think that there's this, um, that this this culture of it, it's a uh, the lifestyle you know people post pictures and they're like man this is awesome this is what i want to do i want to be mm -hmm. cooking and smoking and i want to brag about being up at four in the morning getting my fire going and throwing my brisket in there and talking to my friends and say hey man i've been smoking this thing for 12 hours 16 hours whatever yeah 
Um, yeah. I, I just think there's a bravado with it. And I love that, man. I mean, I think it's awesome. It's just, I think it's one of those things I tell people, I said, look, brother, if you can cook a brisket and you can do it over and over again, you got some real grit, man. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, you, so I think that's what feeds it, you know? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is uh, like we always joked about on our forum, the old smoker builder forum. Uh, when you go back over there and check out some of them older threads, you know, down 2018 and earlier, you know, uh, you'll you'll see a lot of guys on there that just all they did is they like took all these pictures of their entire build. Right. They posted tons of pictures of building yeah. that cooker. They got up to the day where it's the big hurrah and they're posting pictures of that finished pit. They post a bunch of pictures of the finished fire. They post pictures of the raw meat going on the cooker, and there's no yeah. more pictures. <laughs> because, yeah. like, they could give a crap about the meat. They had so much fun building that pit. Now they're talking about the next cooker they're yep. going to build, you know? Yeah. And, and it's that. just almost like you had to choose a path. Are you right. going to be a smoker builder or are you going to be a pit master? And, right. and you can't, it's almost like you can't be both. So, yeah, which yeah. one are you? I mean, man, me, I'm, I'm, I'm a smoker builder, man. Um, I posted a picture on my Instagram and I was saying, you know, I get that question. I get the question often like, well, since you know how to make them, do you know how to use them? And, and my answer is, yeah, I do. I said, yeah. but you know what? There are pit masters that are a lot better than me and I let them do the cooking and they let me do the building. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, you know, like I'm the world's worst because like I cook a lot of dang food, man. We cook so much food and I never post pictures of food. It's always yeah. about like being in the, in the, you know, just the identity of being a smoker builder and like how much fun this is. And, you know, like I said earlier, that post that's going up that Mike Rowe put out that video a while back, that was like, um, uh, he said, uh, don't follow your passions. I think Ron, my buddy in the comments there, I think he was here that night. Me and my buddy Lepich and, and Ron, we was out there watching that video, and I mean, we're just laughing about it. And the, and the thing is, is like, you know, I've always followed my passions. You know, yeah. I just did everything it freaking took to, to, to be able to live in the thing that I love doing the most and to help other people catch the disease also and and ruin you know wreck their lives and get them into this habit you know it's almost like uh i don't know there, there's just so many cool things man that you can do with this it's just fun it's the relationships it's the people that you get to know you know like freaking you know i had drinks with chris lilly man because yeah. building smokers you know and and get to know a guy like that big bob gibson i mean come on you know yeah. It, it's just really cool to 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 be in this industry and uh, get to know the relationships and stuff. And uh, yeah, I just I made up with it. So I have a hard time with that video because I get the point of what Mike is saying. Mm -hmm. And that post will go up here shortly. I think I got yeah. it scheduled for about seven or so. But but I have a hard time with that. I, I really kind of I'm, I'm caught in the middle because I believe in what he's saying for the masses. The guys that that uh, you know, somebody's got to pick up. Somebody's got to run trash truck. Somebody's got to be a diesel mechanic. Somebody's got to you know be a fisheries biologist. Whatever it is, they all got to do those things. And at, or somebody's got to be an accountant, right? And uh, he's just saying like you know, <laughs> it's it's just the message. So I'm not going to try to preach at you about it. Yeah. But how do you feel about that that message? Oh man, you know. Um... Did it start off as a as, as a, a passion? Um, probably not. You know, um, when I was when I was a lot younger and I was in high school and learning to do stuff. Actually, I even go further back because I was asked this question. Um, I grew up. My mom was a single mother. You know, raising me and and, and my siblings. My siblings were older than I was, so they moved out, and it was just me. Um, and my mom bought a house that needed a lot of upkeep, so she was. Constantly, every weekend, you know, we were doing something to the home to get it better. You know, whether it be painting, changing baseboards, putting in floor, you know, building uh, this thing. And so at a very young age, I just learned to work and I hated it <laughs> because mm -hmm. all I wanted to do was go play and have fun and be a kid. I didn't spend my weekends or the evenings going to like Toys R Us. We were at Home Depot. This is the story that I tell people. Home Depot was my playground as a kid. Um, yeah. And so growing up, 
No, it wasn't. But then as I got older, I kind of I grew an affinity to always going back to that and always tinkering and always building things. And so what started off as a job and a chore became a passion. It was something that now I, I longed for that I wanted to do. Um, so me personally, yeah, man, chase your passion. If it can make you some money, well, man, that's awesome. Even if it doesn't make you money, do something that makes you happy, you know, um, yeah. that you get some fulfillment out of. Don't just do it because uh, you think other people think it's cool. Uh, it's just, man, if, you know, because in the end, you, you, you're you going to have people that are congratulating and cheer you on. But the majority of them, they're not. And so the only mm-hmm. drive you have is yourself. And that passion is what's going to give you that drive. And that that's mm-hmm. kind of why I feel where, where we're at, where I'm at with starting this business. You know? mm-hmm. uh, truth of the matter is, you know, you're going to get a ton of likes on Instagram. You're going to get a ton of people comment saying, man, that's awesome. That's a good job. But there are so many more people that don't. And, and, and even though you appreciate the people that do give that to you, we all want validation. We all want people to say, dude, you're doing awesome. Um, yeah. You know, we all want that. It doesn't matter what we're doing. Um, but passion is what's going to drive you past that and say, you know what? I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to do it anyways. You know, um, mm-hmm. so that, that's what I feel bad. I mean, that's, I guess, my personal message about doing something that you're passionate about. So, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so here we're at the top of the hour here. So, kind of, kind of, give me your your uh, your your thoughts or uh, your advice towards anyone that's sitting there on the fence. They're like one foot in this, one foot on one side, and one foot on the other, considering to start a pit building business. What would your advice be? Oh man, I gotta dig deep for that, brother. <laughs> I knew you would. You <laughs> <laughs> gotta dig real deep, man. Because um, hey, wait, wait. So before you answer the question, when did you guys? When did you go full time? Because I know the man. answer. Oh well, January third is when we opened up our shop, but I'd already been there somewhere around late November. Yeah, but January first well, was day one. Yep, was day one for us, and. Yeah. Um, Man, I, I would tell you, if, if y'all guys are, are looking into getting into, to, I mean, building smokers or just your own business, um, I, I kind of, when we first in, into it, I thought about it. I, I talked to my wife. I, I always consult with her. You know, if you, if you have your better half um, or your kids or whatever, uh, figure what's going to be the best move for them, you know, um, or together, conjunctively. Because really, whatever you do and whatever affects you is going to affect them. Um, mm-hmm. So if you work long hours, they're going to feel you working on long hours. Are they okay with that? Can they deal with it? Do they know that, that what you're doing is to um, better yourself and as well as them too? Um, put down on paper what it's going to cost, man. I mean, for us, fortunately, we were able to start with some capital and we're in a mm-hmm. shop. We bought some equipment. Um, not everybody can do that. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it by myself. I'll tell you right now, if I said, Paul, you're going to go in and be a smoker builder. I'm going to tell you right now where I was going to be doing it in my garage, yeah. in my backyard. That's where I was going to start. Um, mm-hmm. if that's where you can start and start, man, because if you start, you're already a day ahead of the person that hasn't, you know, yeah. uh, you build a pit in your garage and you sell it. That's money right there that you've got. You can buy another piece of equipment or move on to buy another tank and get on down the road. Um, definitely put everything into perspective, um, but don't let obstacles hold you back. You know, um, mm-hmm. again, you'll never start. If you're just looking for that perfect moment, you will never start because there's never a perfect moment. You know, what was that? What was that perfection thing you said? The the quote Winston Churchill said, um, the perfection is the enemy of progress. Um, yeah. If you're waiting for things to be perfect, you will never progress forward. Uh, you'll be yeah. stuck in the same place wishing you had started. Uh, so that's where we're at. We started. That's um, not perfect at all, man. By any means, there's been some days that, that I've come home very defeated. Um, but I went right back to it the next day. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 And, you know, as, as long as I've been self-employed, I've, I've, I've never been the guy to look at what could go wrong ever. I've, I've yeah. never been that guy. 
I've only looked at what does it take to make it go and what can I do or what is possible or forward, you know? And um, there is a little bit of wisdom to be, I will tell you this, that like I am blind to it and that's not entirely healthy. There is a little bit of, uh, you, you should at least be aware of what could go wrong, you know, but, but don't focus on what could go wrong. You know, the, all the what ifs and the buts and the, and the, and those kind of things, you know, um, I've always just moved and went fast and, uh, I, I just decide and do and massive action and just go. And, and I've, I've lost a freaking lot of money, but I've made a lot of money too, you know? So over the years, um, you know, it. I guess, I guess just getting comfortable with failure and, and knowing that failure is not really failure, really what it is, it's an opportunity to not do that again and, yeah. and learn from what you just effed up and, and move forward and do the next thing that you should have done and listen to the peanut gallery a little bit. You know, the guys back there saying you should have what you should have done, you know, listen to them a little bit because they're actually watching you you know, possibly, and they might have some insight that you don't have, but don't focus on what they're saying. Just no. go and do. No. And so I, my advice would be don't not do it, but don't go into it without being in alignment with your spouse or your significant other or Absolutely. your partners or whatever has to happen. Because if you go in and you're not aligned, that's going to bite you in the rear later, man. It, yeah. it, they'll People will blindly follow you wherever you go. And if if you don't, if you don't have that communication up front and that alignment up front, it will come back. What is not talked about guy named Brandon Dawson says, what is not talked about will become a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, brother, I appreciate you, man. I'm, I'm super pumped that you were on here and uh, you, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you need to get back to me about the NBBQA thing. I'm super excited about that deal. Yeah, uh, man. I was like, probably standing on the other I'll side of the camera. Huh? <laughs> yeah. No, so I'll give you some more detail on that, man. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, anyway, if you guys don't know what the NBBQA is, that's the National Barbecue Association. You should check them out, nbbqa.org. If uh, if you want to be more involved in the barbecue industry, that's a great place to start. And uh, they got all kinds of helpful resources, no matter where you're at or what you're doing in barbecue. Paul, brother, I appreciate you, man. Um Bob is over at the Weldon School with my bro Aaron, and they've been over there filming content. And I got to get back over there, but uh, let's do this again sometime, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm yeah. down. Cool. Appreciate you guys. And uh, this is going to be up for replay as soon as I hit the stop button. And uh, let me know if this was helpful. If you got any little nuggets of information, like and subscribe, whatever platform you're uh, watching on, if you don't mind, and share it with a friend. I'd sure like to gain new friends by your kindness of sharing this thing. So we'll see you guys later. Have a great weekend. And uh, yeah, we'll see you later.